Tis the season for chicken fingers at Raising Cane's. Warm up with hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, garlicky, buttered Texas toast, and the real source of holiday magic, cane sauce. And while you're treating yourself, don't forget to treat everyone on your list to Kane's gift cards and New York City-inspired plush puppies that benefit pet organizations. Happy holidays from Raising Kane's Chicken Fingers. One love. <laughs> Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Hello. 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 Uh, Luke here. Is it me you're looking for? No. <laughs> Luke, uh, editor and runner of the website, Gary in the North area. Greetings. <laughs> and Matt in the North. Hello. I'm going back to work soon. The way I... you've even gone so long, you'll need training again. I know, I don't remember any of my passwords or a lot of what I do, so it could be Wait, fun. Gary123. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rats, well done. Uh, but with a capital G. Of uh, course, yeah. And the one is an I. And an exclamation mark. In your everyday life, not in your work life, do you use the same passwords for everything or are you pretty... I've started to generate passwords on the iPad for things. So, like, it automatically generates them. Yeah, 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 on the iPad. Can you then remember them? If you know how to do it, there's a a document automatically created in your iPad that's got all your passwords written down. That's dangerous, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, but that's password protected, and that one I know. TV news reviews and previews. Mainly, the news is a bit award-heavy, BAFTA award-heavy, I'll have you know. Uh, This morning, as we recorded, that's Tuesday morning, the BAFTA TV nominations were announced. So, drama series, (laughs) The Crown, The Durrells, Happy Valley and War of Peace. Where is Line of Duty? Where is the Missing Series 2? My question on Twitter to people today... I got varying responses. Should there be, and I think there should, hence why I posed the question, should there yep. be a streaming category? Should The Crown be in drama series when it's the BAFTA Television Awards? Matt, yeah. I'll let you go first. Should the BAFTA nominations be purely for things that are actually on the actual TV? I suppose the argument there is now BBC Three is sure it's just online. Where else did you watch The Crown but on your television? You watched it on your iPad. I'm being hypothetical. <laughs> if you watched it, you watched it on your television. The fact you that didn't you, know you watched you it on your iPad. Gary, Gary, you might not know. If you watched it, there's several ways. If you watched it, you watched it on your tablet. You oh, watched okay. it on All your right. television. But you watch it sitting in front of your, t- of your computer screen. On your laptop. I could have done the same with the Durrells and War and Peace. Now, the Emmys also has like stuff like House of Cards and things well, like that, when doesn't I, it? When <laughs> I posted this on Twitter, a lot of people agreed, and, and the people who didn't said, well... 
the BAFTAs has got to move with the times. I mean, a lot of people got angry about the night manager not being there. And, you know, the three of us weren't fans of that, but there were other people who were massive fans of that. True. And that, yeah. for the most part, has been missed out, apart from, I think, Tom Hollander got a nomination, didn't he? Yeah, that's right, uh, yeah. The miniseries you've got, um, The Hollow Crown, National Treasure, The Secret, oddly, makes an appearance here. And yeah. The, and The Witness for the Prosecution. And then in single drama... Damalo, our love boy, murdered by my father and NW. So it's sort of a very diversity-heavy drama lineup, I think, this year. The, the actor and actresses ones are a bit more interesting mm. than that. Certainly the supporting actors. We've got our one line of duty nomination in supporting actor with Daniel Mays, which I think is well-deserved. Jared Harris for The Crown. John Lithgow, who I think should win for The Crown. And Tom Hollander for The Night Manager. That's and a wa- really actually, weird category. Yeah, actually, it's a weird it? much. And then supporting actress Nicola Walker for Last Tango, Shaborn Finneran for Happy Valley, Vanessa Kirby for The Crown, and Wunmi Musaka for Damalola, our love boy. We're obviously all big fans of Nicola Walker, you guys mm. particularly of, of mm. that. But it could be But then, like, Last Tango in, in Halifax was only on, like, at Christmas. It's just for sort of, well, let's give, her, let's just give yeah. her a nomination. And then going to the lead uh, drama categories, again, you've got like, Adi Alaktar for Murdered by My Father. Babu Cisse, who we'll be talking about a bit later uh, for Damalo, our love boy. Benedict Cumberbatch, again, just let's put a big name yeah. in there. Yeah, put a name Rather in Rather than yeah. having like a David Morrissey or Perhaps someone he's from Line of the awards if he's nominated. Yeah, know. and Robbie I Coltrane, would... who should win. And actress, no. um, again, the crown, Claire Foy. Jodie Comer, which we're happy about, I think, for 13. I, I think that's a bold move to put her there because not many, still not many people would have seen 13, which I think is criminal. So. Sarah Lancashire for Happy Valley and Nikki Amuka Bird for NW. Well, we talk about the lack of good comedy. There just still isn't something really standing out again. Mm. Well, mum should, should be in more categories. I mean, well, that's right. Scripts, let's scripts it's comedy. It. You've got camping, flea bag, flowers, and people just do nothing. Again, going diverse. You know, you've got flowers, which was about mental health. Flea bag, I think, had a bit of that in it. You know, people just do nothing. That's that sort of you know going for the diversity vote. It almost feels like they're afraid to nominate like shows that are primarily like white British actors now, apart from The Crown. Yeah. I loved Murdered by My Father. I thought that yeah. was really good, and I'm glad Adik Lactar is there. But mm. stuff like, I mean, people just do nothing. I, I've never warmed to. No. NW was just sort of there. It, it never um, made really a splash. What BAFTA should have done is go back and listen to our end-of-year awards podcast that we did, and you should have chosen more stuff from that. It feels like they don't want to nominate like really popular stuff because Line of Duty did really well last year. I mean, Happy Valley's in a couple of categories. No Call the Midwife at all, and that does big... And Night Manager, which was a massive success. They want to nominate smaller, again, which is good, like highlighting smaller shows, but I feel the smaller shows they've nominated, and the big I, show I, they've decided to nominate is from Blooming Netflix. I, I feel also the international section is a bit confusing. Transparent... The People versus OJ, yeah, fair enough. The Night of, I know, had a big audience in America, but have that translated over here. Stranger Things, again, I agree with. If I was given half an hour, I could probably name four better shows. We'll come back to you at the All end right. of the podcast. Yeah. Keep, stay, uh, keep Stranger Things and OJ and take out Transparent and The Night of. Fill it with two other shows you think. All right, I'll have to. Is there things we're happy about in these nominations? Yeah, yeah jo- Jodie Comer for 13, and I yeah. think the awards for National Treasure are certainly justified the factual series i've seen all of these and they're all worthy of it 24 hours in police custody exodus yeah uh, the prosecutors and kids on the edge they're all worthy i just thought as well peaky blinders yeah that was i was just thinking that year. yeah 
and another big ratings winner like Victoria as well. Gary, go west. Yeah, I thank you. Matt. Yeah, hold on, hello. Matt saw Prison Break. Well, no, yeah, but this is Gary Goes West. Bog off, will you? Anyway, Matt, you've watched the new series of Prison Break. <laughs> that was deja vu all over again. You've watched the new series of Prison Break. This is the fifth <laughs> series uh, that's been on Fox. <laughs> We're stuck in a loop a bit, I think, aren't we, no? I've watched the new series of Prison Break. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> um... I sort of know the answer to this question, but how far did each of you get with Prison Break when it was on the first time round? I know Gary got you didn't watch the final season, did yeah, you? Yeah, I've I've watched a few episodes of series four and no more. I didn't see any of it really because I think I knew that it started so yeah. well and ended so dismally. I think yeah. and the first season, which everyone loved, was uh, Wentworth Miller's Michael Schofield uh, basically going into the Fox River prison to break out his brother, Lincoln Burroughs, who had been charged with murdering the brother of the president, I believe. He designed the prison, so had the tattoos of the prison on his body and basically formed this sort of motley group of prisoners. Um, to Every one of them had something to offer and they all broke out together. The second season, which was still good, was them. What happens once you've broken out of prison and go on the run? Number three, they ended up in another prison in South America and had to break out of that. And then number four, they found this like weird, like secret computer drive and yeah. had to expose various secrets. It, it and, turned into and, like Mission and, Impossible. And, and their mum got involved. Their mum was evil. And and then they did a TV film, which was Prison Break: The Final Break, where Michael, I think, died of a brain tumor. Or did he? Because when Whoa. we get into season five, we find Teabag. Was he a child molester? Or... Oh, yeah. He was famous for the uh, hold my pocket, boy. <laughs> that was oh, a good impression. Oh, my God, that was terrifying. And I'm not even <laughs> sure, saying... I'm hold my pocket, boy. He was probably the most sort of enigmatic performer. He sort of yeah. almost lifted the series, and that's why I think they decide to start with him. He gets let out of prison. I don't know. I can't remember why he was in prison. He gets um, a letter that looks like it's a picture of Michael. Uh, he goes to see Lincoln, who dismisses him, and but then Lincoln thinks, oh, where is he, sort of thing, and goes to uh, his widow, Sarah, who was the prison doctor in the first season. Who so I can do this one. I can do this one. Sarah Tancretti. Yes, well done. She's obviously had his son. She's remarried. But Lincoln works out, based on this note, that Michael is sort of still alive, but is now in a prison in Yemen. <laughs> so well, he gets oh. around, doesn't he? So from there, from there, it goes really bonkers. We have um, him basically digging up Michael's grave to find it empty, only oh. incl- only containing a suit. He goes to see C Note, who's one of the other prisoners from Prison Break. Do you remember him, Gary? Yeah, uh, years uh, ago. Coincidentally, and thankfully for this plot, is now uh, converted to Islam, so can help oh. him with his. <laughs> that seems to be the solution to a lot of problems, I think. <laughs> with his journey to Yemen. <laughs> You have to wait till the end of the episode for Wentworth Miller to appear and basically say, I don't know who Michael Schofield is. I'm not Michael Schofield. And Lincoln, by this point, has given up his uh, Has American he got amnesia? 
it has given him well we don't know gary i i like series and you've heard me say this before where they they go completely full-on bonkers straight away the thing is though wentworth miller is the draw he's the charismatic performer him uh, and bill fitner as well who was brilliant in the latter seasons Dominic Purcell is not uh, is is the most the, is the, dull is, actor in the world. Dull. He's basically the muscle. He's the sort of person you follow the most in this first episode. Just made this dull. There's also a story where they're trying to in a very sort of twenty four thing. They're trying to kill off people who now know that Michael Schofield isn't in the grave. They try and kill off Lincoln. They try and kill off Tancredi or whatever her name is now and her son and her new husband who who gets shot in the leg as any replacement husband always seems to suffer in these sort of reboots. <laughs> I have a couple of questions to Go ask. For it, Number Gary. one, could you watch this if you've never seen Prison Break before? I think you get the sort of bare bones. They do do a recap, actually, at the beginning of... I think Wentworth Miller does the sort of voiceover introduction to it. But could I, think, I watch it, given the fact that I've seen... I think you could... As long as you've got the knowledge that we know Link, uh, Michael died, yeah. or we think he died. The, the third question is, will you keep watching it? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of the American shows that I have been watching have finished now. I mean, Good Fight's almost finished, Feud's almost finished, Big Little Lies is finished. So there's not a lot else for me to watch. So I have maybe... a fourth question. Better or worse than 24 Legacy? Be- better, because it's, oh. got the orig- because it's got the original cast. And obviously you've got that, that inbuilt chemistry and because it does go full on bonkers straight away. Yeah, and and, one, and one... I, I have a fifth and final question after that. <laughs> Did it need to be brought back? Do, um, do you feel there is actually a, a, well, a reasonable know. way it of is, doing it? Is this it a reasonable is, re- revival? It is a let's see at the moment. I okay. mean, they do pack a lot into this first episode. I mean, look. if it's just eight, then I might stick around for it. Okay, so Prison Break is currently being shown in this country on Fox UK on Monday night at nine o'clock. Good thing there's nothing else on at that time. Oh, hold on, there is, but there you go. So you can nominate us, the Custard TV podcast, for a Listener's Choice Award for the British Podcast Awards, which uh, the the voting finishes in the middle of April up until the 28th, uh, and you can... uh... Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You can you have to use a real email address. So I'm afraid you uh, you uh, you Russian hackers can't get involved. Uh, but what you can do is you can go to the Listener's Choice Award, and in the search button you just type in Custard TV Podcast. In fact, it comes up if you type in Custard, and you can nominate us to win that award. It would be fantastic if you did. Uh, we won't be giving you any money. Vote for us now. Go to www.britishpodcastawards.com and vote for your favourite podcast, the Custard TV Podcast. Before the middle of April. You won't believe how easy it is. Can we actually start with Broadchurch? Um, yes. Because last week when we talked about it, myself and Luke hadn't seen the sixth episode yes. where uh, the big story coming out of it was obviously Mark Latimer going into the sea and didn't drown, Luke. Oh, better luck next time. <laughs> Do you think Chris Chibnall um, should have had the bravery to kill him off? If he had killed him off, 
then presumably seven and eight would have had to include his funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And take and and taken away the focus from. Unless he was just on life support till the end of it. What, what, what yes. I find very strange, <laughs> and I, I, I've now I've now joined you a little is. I really have no idea why, because now Jodie Whittaker's character isn't even around for her for 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 Julie Hesmondala's character to no. be around to talk nope. to. This side plot has absolutely now nothing to do with the rape case. Yeah. It, it felt like going around in circles a little bit. This one, like we've still got to suspect five different men of maybe doing. Are we talking about six now or seven? Sorry, I'm seven. a bit lost. Seven. Seven now has zeroed it into these five guys, isn't they? The, the, the haunting music while they all sit in their cars. Well, it's or Charlie Higson, Lenny Henry, Sarah Parrish's husband, the guy from the rope shop, and the, and the taxi driver. Live driver. The taxi driver bloke is so thinly drawn. Yeah. His home life is so unbelievable. You don't believe him and his. Whoever owns the pawn shop in Broadchurch does roaring business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That news agencies must have to clean the top shelf quite frequently. Although, although it seems they have to go to the local garage to buy condoms. So, yeah, well, there's two things that made me think, like, watch Broad Church straight away so we can talk about it. The first was a conversation that I had with a colleague of mine at the post office. She is really enjoying Broad Church, but has not watched either series before. This is her first Broad Church. Oh, right. I think because she's a big Julie Hesman Hall fan, really liked her in Corrie has been enjoying this series and is also watching Line of Duty, having not watched, I think, one or two. I think she jumped in at three. So it's an interesting one. But the main reason is because I got this uh, lovely uh, email from Tina, who's uh, our other American listener. I don't know if she says where she's from. Maybe others. They just don't email or something. She says, are you guys, specifically Luke and Matt, watching the same show (laughs) I'm watching? He does say that, Gary. She's sticking up for you. Yeah, yeah. good. I flipping love the new series and I'm gripped by it. I like the investigation. I'm interested in its twists and turns. I'm still very much invested in the Latimers. I want to see the continuation of their story. Having just watched episode six last night, I was shocked and very upset by Mark's potential drowning. Well, she'll be happy then. I'm the person who responded to your tweet, Luke, about nobody caring about the Latimers by saying I couldn't disagree more. Do you remember I that? Her. I didn't like her. Like, interestingly, likable characters? Question mark. Well, I don't know that any of these people are in the place at the moment where I'd, I'd call them to get coffee, but I'm certainly rooting for some of them and gripped by their stories. I'm just going to stop there because, again, it is just very angry. And I want to link it to Line of Duty in saying that in Broadchurch, I don't think I believe the fact that everyone just shouts in each other's faces. No. Line of Duty does it so much better. It's all passive aggression. And that's what you get from day to day. The way that shout at people. The passive aggressiveness that you get in Line of Duty, where you get Steve and Kate saying mate to each other, but there's so much loaded behind the delivery of their words. That's how people address each other, even if there's anger towards people. You don't shout in their faces like David I, Tennant seems to do to everyone in Broadway. I thought, I thought about, because I watched episode six after we did the podcast, and I thought about clipping in all of the bits that I thought were angry. I was thinking that as well. We did all day. Is that Daisy's bag? I don't want to talk about it. We work together, so whatever's going on in your life affects me too. Especially since we've got less than six hours left on a suspect, which is why I'm calling for you at this ungodly hour. So could you tell me what's happening? She was walking home because the breakdown service she called never turned up. Which breakdown service? Well, they didn't ask for the name, but we both know that Jim Atwood runs a breakdown service from his garage. Oh, Mello, we're just about to interview Ed Burnett. You're muddy in the water. We've always struggled to find a link between the attack on Trish and the other two women, and maybe Jim is that link. 
What time was this? Funny thing, when I was on my arse in the mud, didn't think to check my watch. Can I make a wee suggestion, Ed? Lay off the smart arse replies. Just keep it simple and honest, yeah? What were you doing on Saturday the 7th of June 2014, Ed? That's two years ago. I know. Off the top of my head, probably in the shop. We're open seven days. What about 2am on the 8th? I'd have been in bed. Alone? Yes. All right. What about Thursday the 28th of May 2015? I don't know! I live behind the shop. It takes me 50 steps to get to work. The shop is my life. To the side of a story about rape, you're running a sidebar of women in bikinis and then promoted stories about the 10 hottest wags and weather girls. We are funded by advertising. You can choose what advertising to take. A newspaper's identity is about what money you accept from where. It's not like that anymore. It's all algorithms and analytics. Oh, so so our reporting of a sexual predator is being subsidised and framed by soft porn? God's sake, Caroline, how can you call yourself a feminist and let this pass? I don't call myself a feminist. Please tell me you're not the future. Dad! Police! Shut up! Join yourself, boys. Get up. Stand up! Who have you shared the photos of my daughter around the school? Hmm? Don't know what you mean. Oh, I think you do. You boys, you wee babies that think they're men. You hurt my girl. So from now on, I am going to be watching everything you do. I'm going to be watching everything your parents do, everything your family does. And if any one of you even so much as belch when you shouldn't, I will be there. You're threatening us? No, son, I'm instructing you. Do you know what I do in my job, do you? I deal with murderers and brutal thugs and sex offenders, and I win. I get the better of them, so don't for a second imagine I will break a sweat getting you in line. You even talk about my daughter ever again let alone do anything to make her unhappy. I will find you, and I will cut your tiny little cocks off. You can't say that to us. You're the police. I'm a father, and I will do whatever is necessary to protect my daughter. Piss off! You're lying to us, Mr Winterman. We don't have time for that. What? Fifteen minutes ago, I got emailed a forensic breakdown of the contents of that computer. The spyware wasn't installed using Trish's user account didn't get installed the way you described. Right. So you've come here and confessed to something which you didn't do. Have you forgotten what's happening? Your wife was raped. We're trying to find the person responsible. What's the matter with you? Do you have no shame? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take a nice long walk and a few deep breaths, and then you're going to call us, and you're going to give us the name of the person who installed that spyware for you. Now, if you haven't done that, by the end of the day, I will personally come looking for you, and I will bring you back in here under arrest. Do we understand each other? Why are you so antsy all the time? Well, you never bloody know when it's going to happen or how long it's going to take. That's what drives you mad. We sat there in the hospital and it takes all my training, all the skills I've learned to not just punch him in the face. Right. I'm so angry with him. He's two daughters. How can he do this to them? He knows what loss feels like, what it, what it rips out of you. He's hurting. We're all hurting. I'm hurting. You're hurting. The whole bloody world's hurting. But he has to make it about him. He takes all the oxygen, all the attention. Look at me, I'm Mark Latimer, and I am so much sadder than the rest of you. And you know what that does? 
It leaves no room for me. No space for me. He crowds out my grief, and my grief, my ongoing daily pain, is as strong and as alive as his, but I don't let it win. He is selfish and weak, and I'm sick of it. You were the one telling me that you needed to be here to reflect this town. And then as soon as a story comes along, you shirk it. Don't take the moral high ground with me, Caroline. Our readers want to know what is happening to Danny Latimer's family. The Latimers are a family in crisis. They need and deserve their privacy. It's not their choice. No, it's mine. I am still the editor here. Not if you don't publish this story. So I hereby fire you and your declining industry from my life. I quit. And if I see anything about the Latimers in the paper or on the website, I swear I will slash your car tires every week until they put me in a home. As the Americans say, screw you, pedal. So you left the preparations of your wife's 50th birthday party to go and buy condoms so you could have sex with one of the waitresses. She was flirting with me since she saw me. Did you have sex with her that night? Yeah. The same day that you had sex with Trish Winterman. Yeah. You're proud of yourself, Jim. No, I'm just the bloke. I like sex. How old was she? Uh, 19, 20. Don't you look at me like that. Because you'd done the same if it was offered to you. No, I wouldn't. What are you doing? Get off! I was trying to work out where Michael got the porn from. And it's here! Your computer, he got it from you! That is not what's going on. What are you even doing with it? Oh, look, everybody has it, all right? No, they don't. I don't. Oh, right, and you're the normal one, are you? What else aren't you telling me? Do you really want to know the answer to that? There was even a bit where the, where the, the Indian rape victim was really yeah. aggressive toward... And I thought... I don't yeah. care. She's like, you don't, you can't judge me. Can you, can you edit in the scene last night where David Tennant confronts the boys oh, who he thinks yeah. are wronged? I, I will, he's taken comment. I will find you. I will yeah, crush like, you. you know, I think what Chris Chibnall is trying to show is the long-term effects of the going back to the beginning of how this small community has been affected by now not only the, the killing of Danny Latimer, but now also this, this, this case, which now goes back several years. But I don't think it's been done as well as it could have been. But I believe that's what Chris Chibnall's going for. But mm. David Tennant wasn't really part of the community, and he's the most angry out of all of them. Well, Olivia uh, Coleman's got angry now, yeah. and that makes and me I, angry. I get with it Olivia Coleman is angry. The third rape victim, for example, just randomly shouting at people. And, and Lenny Henry as well, who doesn't really care about the community. He's punching people in the face left, right and centre. I mean, there's another point about Sarah Parrish and things. And I'd like them to explore the relationship between her and Julie Hesmanhole more. There was stuff about them being at school together and things like that. And yeah. I would have loved to have seen more of that. And now they've just made up again. Something else she says, Beth Latimer has been through so much. Can you guys cut her a break? No. <laughs> No, no, uh, even the young female characters Daisy and Chloe have been very pleased with their roles and hoping they continue to mine that particular storyline which they really haven't the suspects I think are well played right now I have to admit none of the male characters of the show are coming off great and I'm okay with that I don't know who's going to end up being the rapist but I'm still looking around corners trying to figure it out it might not have been the big reveal that you mentioned but I'm not sure that that's the point of this particular series I think there will be surprises to come but I like the psychology of the effect this rape is having on everyone around Trish, which I do, I agree with on yeah. that point. The best outcome 
for me would be none of those five but in the same way that they do in unforgotten it doesn't matter hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Who did the original crime? All these people are now affected and broken because of it. Because everything has been revealed about them out into the open by this investigation. But I have a <laughs> feeling it will be one of them. And if I had to put my money down on one, I'd go for the taxi driver. Maybe you guys in the UK are more evolved than the ones in the US, but too many people, men and women, still believe rape is about desire. And I, I, I think all the stuff that, and there is a little bit more, which I'll go back to in a minute, but all the stuff around the rape, around the Julie Hasmanhol character, for the most part, we've praised. I think everything they've done there, and certainly in the first episode, I think we, it's the actual investigation, I think, is that end of it, when you go back to the original characters. When you're with Julie Hasman Hall and with Sarah Parrish, and I really like the daughter of Julie Hasman Hall as well. Yeah, yeah she's very, I, she was very she's good. She's understated. I, I, we wasted a lot of the penultimate episode on Monday night with the blooming newspaper editor. Quite why I don't know. I and then he, we didn't need David Tennant's daughter. I thought she uh, was there for a reason. I thought they Nobody's... could have got rid, get rid of her completely and, and we could have done this in six episodes. Uh, maybe I'm going too deep here, but I see something relevant in every episode. I haven't sat around and said typical, too trite, ridiculous. I think it's filled with good writing, complex characters, and I'm eager to know how the story ends. Despite the difference of opinion, I still continue to enjoy your custody goodness. But because of his defence of Broadchurch, Gary is my favourite at the moment. Yay! Oh, that, that won't last. Not, um, Broadchurch, not Broadchurch related, but the first two episodes of Line of Duty have been stellar. Looking forward to more to come from you three. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for feeling you get in touch. It really doesn't bother us if you think uh, differently. Difference of opinion is good. As, as you yeah. can hear, yeah. argue with Gary. And, and let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's, again, this is what I was trying to say before. We're kind of similar in our age and background and things like that. Well, it, it, no, yeah. but we're also we're three, three quite middle class men. You know, let's face yeah. it. It's great to hear I'm a different perspective. Not really perspective. middle class. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not exactly upper class. You haven't, aren't seen, you? Luke, you haven't seen Luke's house. Yeah, yeah. He, he owns off Kidderminster. He's got a wing. That's what I know. <laughs> That's Which not that difficult, live? though, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. Gary lives in a garage, so there's a bit yeah. Of... I live in a garage in London, <laughs> South East London, so. I should be more working class. Okay. I mean, uh, Gary, you you said the taxi driver. You yeah, think? I, I, I think, think it might be the taxi driver's stepson. He's friends with Tom, and yeah. he's the one who had the porn, and that was our feeling that made. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. One they thing never... as well that they sort of brought up and then dropped completely was who lives in the little cottage on the grounds of the house. Uh, there's so many things to be recon- reconciled mm. in this last episode. Search for fingers crossed, guys. No, the, 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 it won't bother me one way or another who the who the uh, rapist is. 
you know, I just hope it's believable and all the rest of it. I just wish that all these little side plots were going somewhere. I had thought in the very beginning, naively, that maybe David Tennant's daughter would be a victim herself. The theme of this, as Tina sort of brought up a little bit there, is the way that women are treated in general and the way yeah. that David Tennant's daughter has been treated by having this photo of her spread around the school. I don't like it, but I can understand why Chris Chibnall is doing it, if that makes sense. But I just because think it's... he did it poorly because we never saw it and we never really what, the actual, the, the the photo. Let's no, face we it, didn't if they see had, it if happening had... and... No, I know. If they'd given, they given him 12 episodes, you probably would have got more Oh, of that. God, no. Oh, God, help us. The only coherent opinion is one from a person who isn't on the podcast at the moment. Hello. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Hello, Gary. Hello, with Gary. me. <laughs> Rereading the email, Matt. Rereading the email. Your Gary T-shirt is in the post. <laughs> Just to go on about Gary's, you know, different theories on different shows. In defence of Gary... Um, oh, I hate this podcast. Other, re- other, yeah. re- other reviewers did think that Roz had killed Tim. So he's not on his own in that. Luke, you don't think that Roz killed Tim. No. Gary, do you still think? Or are you yeah, all... definitely. And I, I, I'm willing to... Hold my opinion till the end. I, I'm not one way or the other. That's, that's a bit of a cop out, that is. Main points of this episode we had, I mean, the introduction of um, Royce Pearson of Our Girl and Murdered by My Boyfriend fame. He's coming as this sort of charming junior to Steve, who's obviously, he's ne- Steve, Steve's never been the most charming of uh, officers, has he? We've got Kate, who's still undercover. Wow, we're at three episodes, uh, halfway through the series, and well she's still done, undercover. Kate. With Roz, she's actively um, praising her female sort of <laughs> colleagues, her underlings, saying, like, to Jodie, I think the character's name is her yeah. sort of, and that we need to talk about your progression. She's keeping Kate on at the at her station. I don't know what the underco- police undercover version of Stockholm Syndrome is, but... New Scotland Yard Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. She's sort of falling under Ross's spell to an extent, isn't she? And Well, you're uh, not really sure, but you're certainly being led that way, I would agree. But, and that's why I want to keep an open mind a bit about Ross, because I'm sort of in between where you and Gary are... Also here, the implication that uh, Hannah Reznikova, who was in the burning house at the first episode, they're trying to almost set her up for Tim's murder. She's been exposed working as a prostitute on the side and at least had sex with Tim once. The bit where Tandy Newton's character is interviewing Hannah Reznikova, she comes into the interview halfway through and basically she confesses, in my opinion, to everything she has done by putting it all in the third person. And again, if you wanted to drop that clip in here, Luke, I would not be too I, upset. What I, would I just say thought is... that was the best thing. <laughs> well, that's, this, I, don't, I don't want to upset you. This, <laughs> this, this series, though, seems to be almost sort of criticising the police for exploiting 
those who aren't as quick, you know, who, who can't answer these oh, questions as quick. So you've got Michael Farmer, who's got learning difficulties and struggles. I mean, we've had another woman come forward who had Michael Farmer, like, sort of almost trying, not assault her, but he was being Approach. sort of free, approached her and being slightly creepy because he's not, you know, mentally fast. He's mentally slow, as we know. They can exploit him. Hannah Reznikova doesn't have that good a grasp of English. She's a Eastern European immigrant who's struggling to get. I, I think I agree with you. And I think I think as well. Both have been badly let down by mm. crap lawyers. Obviously, the big reveal at the end was Lee Ingleby was revealed to at least have something more to do with it than we first imagined. I yeah. mean, we think he's attacked Stephen Astaire. Well, he's put a balaclava on again. It might not be him because it's in his office block. Someone said in the comment on my review, we don't 100% know it's him. And because it's line of duty, mm. we can't second guess Jen Mercurio. But his car was seen near near the night on Tim Highfield. We know that both Roz and Nick, mm. they were both out because the kids wanted to order pizza. You've got the big moments and the intricacies. And it's those intricate like themes that I enjoy more. I just think both of you, what do you think? We're halfway through now. What are your feelings? And It was still one of the best dramas of the year by by far. Mm. I think, I don't know whether we've seen the end of Martin Comston. Jed Mercurio could do it. He, he's I think for this my, sort of thing. What I think is that he will be incapacitated and that's why mm. they've introduced Royce. Royce. I agree with that. Jed Mercurio, unlike Chris Chibnall, has got no qualms about killing off whoever no. he wants. Yeah, he's all the we game already know there's type, a fifth you know. We already know there's a fifth uh, series on the... But on I, the I I, think... Because, like, obviously, killed off Keely Hawes and Craig Parkinson. But I don't think Line of Duty can survive without that... That, uh, I, of, I think that trio could, uh, of characters is he the He killed off of his it. only main star character in series one. The mm. only guy that anybody had ever but heard I of I think before. you had... You had that Lenny, back, Lenny, you had, Lenny James. You had that good. backbone though of these three characters, and I think st- mm. I, I I don't think I'd like to see Royce Pearson with Vicky McClure in those mm. underpass yeah. conversations. It's the chemistry now that they've established. And I get what you're saying about Lenny James in series one, but he was the name that drew people in by the yeah. end of the series. Jen Mercurio was was using Lenny James oh, to yeah, get you in he, to then he, get he built you, up other people. Yeah, I agree with to that. To get yeah. you to to root for. Steve and Kate, mm. and to a lesser extent, Ted Hastings. I... Maybe he could kill off Ted Hastings and it would still work. But I don't think without Steve and Kate both it, it being would in be it, interesting to see somebody yeah. come in and... and, and, and well, I'd like to see it for a Ted couple Hastings of episodes. Role, you know, so, yeah. And if, if, well. if Steve is incapacitated in hospital, it would be interesting to see chemistry for a couple of episodes. But long term, I, would, I don't think it could survive well, surely, without... Well, surely if he is then um, that puts Nick Huntley immediately in the frame because they know that's where Steve was going. Yeah, know, yeah they know, and they'd already, made, they'd already brought up the suspicions about Nick Huntley because they were trying to ring him to tell him to get out of there at the time. Personally, I think it was Nick Huntley, but he was vociferously defending his wife. Do we think that Ros knows about it is the big question, I suppose. Well, and another, that, that, that's the thing. Another, another question is, thing, who was he ringing on his yes, mobile phone? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. See, I think, I think they showed you their hand a little bit. I don't think anybody by that name exists. I think that's his number for his wife when he doesn't want to be traced. I think he's more clever because do you remember that she was saying... He, They've all when, got two phones, haven't they? 
so yeah, that's, when, that's when, she first, when he first when he first was when he first was visited by Steve, he mm. was going to ring her phone. You saw him click through to her number and then very quickly changed and scrolled down and dialed another number, but spoke to her. Those underpass conversations, they can't lose those. They're great. They're all right, um, mate. Just the delivery yeah. of every line in this. I think as well that this series, I think we've missed a little bit. The interviews, we've only had the one at the moment, really. The, the sort oh, of the point I'm going to make. So because yeah. I think the interview <laughs> with Hannah Reznikova's character is, is a bit mm. to me like the classic interview scenes. Yeah. I think you will get more of them. I do. I do agree. That yeah, I suppose you're right. There, to, Gary, to, me, to an extent, we've seen more of our police investigation than we have in previous scenes. What I think will happen is it will end up being that she has planted Ifield's... I think it turns out that she will have made the link between um, Hannah Reznikova and Tim Ifield. And has Ifield got two phones? Because she's got two phones. She's got two phones. I'm not sure... The thing that I like is that I think it would end up being that she's killed him and that she's the one that's been planting evidence. Okay. So a show that has started or is starting on Thursday and Sky Atlantic and is a co-production with Showtime in the US for our at least three American listeners is Gorilla. Not like the animal, but like the uh, movement. Or like the bands. Nothing like the bands. Like the bands, yes. Written and directed by John Ridley, who... I believe, won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. As the screenwriter, and also um, has written American Crime, not American Crime Story. Set in uh, the early 1970s in London, stars uh, BAFTA nominee Babu Sisse, Frida Pinto of Slumdog Millionaire fame, as Marcus and Jazz, who are sort of activists during the very sort of racially charged... 1970s he's a um professor he's looking for work no one wants to employ him because he's sort of viewed as a bit of a troublemaker she's a nurse they're both sort of involved in like uh, politics aren't they and they've got a relationship with a political prisoner it's very sort of sprawling this first episode i think they introduce you to a lot of characters uh rory kinnear is there as this he's south african isn't he he's the head of like I can't remember what they called it. It's a separate, like, department in the police who sort of primarily deal with, like, black uprising and things like that and almost behind, like, police brutality of people Mm. of of colour. By the end of this episode, basically, they decide the only way to sort of make an impact is to break this political prisoner out of prison and start what I believe is like a guerrilla movement, as the title would suggest. I mean, to me, and I thought this was a bit sprawling and a bit all over the place. I know it's a bit of a sort of setup episode. Yeah. The, the most interesting character for me is the Rory Kinnear character. I'm assuming it's a, like an illegitimate son he's had with mm. uh, Wunmi Musaka, who finds him like black men to sort of be ringers in these sort of protests who then mm. help like rile up the black protesters to war with the national front and get them arrested and And that scene at the protest for me was my favorite scene where you have gripping all these elsewhere though i don't know if it's maybe the i mean i don't i didn't think frida pinto was that engaging no i thought a lot of it was um almost reactionary almost too in your face with all the racism and things like that as again, like with Line of Duty, I like the more intricate stuff. I loved the scenes where he was at the job centre and they said, you know, you seem like one of the more intelligent ones. Let's mm. try and get you a driving job rather than a porter job. 
I think all that, the like political aspects of it, it's the violence and the swearing and the general sort of, ang- again, the angriness, like we say with Broadchurch. And I get why the people are angry, but I just feel there's a sort of, not a smaller story, but almost like a softer story to tell that is there in certain aspects of this. It was stuff that we feel like we already know. Maybe that's it, that there are things in there that we that every self and I would go, oh, that's quite interesting. And then it's back to the sort of the riots and things like that and the breaking people out of prison. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I can add anything more to what you said. I think it was my thoughts exactly. I just found it... The ones that I was doing other things, which is a sin, and I should never do it, but I was. And the scene I tried you... not to, but I think yeah. I think it's one of those that lo- that did. I think it lost both of us at yeah. point. The scene that stopped me in my tracks was the scene that you talked about, and mm. apart apart from that, the camera was work just... was so good in that as well. Yeah, and you felt they, they pan- did do a good job of making. They it sort feel... of pan- they panned into all these policemen who were just there waiting with their truncheons and just you knew that something was going to happen but it was that anticipation they did a good job of making you feel part of the action there and the rest of it i felt quite detached from not because i wasn't interested in the subject matter i felt like i was being preached at rather Mm. than being told a story that i could Mm. follow and engage with and I think maybe give it maybe another episode. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as Matt says, this will be on Sky Atlantic Thursday, and then all of them are available. I don't know how oh, many okay. there are, but they're putting six. all of them within, within the Sky Box set, so yeah, you'll be able to find them somewhere. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of disappointing because mm-hmm. it was a different story to tell. It just didn't. I didn't. Again, no. I, I don't know if you could because it's a setup, and there are a lot of characters to introduce, and we've got actors who we like who didn't do a lot. Zoe Ashton, Daniel Mace. I saw one of the Cleek girls was in this as well. There are really interesting themes, but I just feel uh, at points it felt it feels like a missed opportunity. There mm-hmm. are bits where you feel like they're going more for the sensationalist aspect than the more thoughtful route. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good glass drop. From thecustardtv.com. We go on now to car share, which is what uh, Luke wants to talk about, I think. Uh, your pick of the week, I believe. You've got Peter Kay and Sean Gibson back as John and Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee now has moved away from where she was living before, meaning that John can't give her lifts in the morning because she lives with her sister the beginning of it she's getting the bus and then the tram and things like that um, and keeps cutting in and out they're they're now talking via phone calls i personally like the second episode better where you got it was it wasn't them going to work it's them going to works do it was a costume party john and kaylee had gone as harry potter and hagrid which was a nice visual gag and i did like as well how forever fm they got them to do like the late night love songs late like you night love songs and the late night dance as well yes. i believe this was your favorite show of 2015 when we did our list it's just one of the warmest comedies we've had for a while in the land of the office and Fleabag. two people two people get on they have a laugh and we can laugh with them and at them at times. That's why we like Mum so much, I think. Yeah. And Detectorists as well, for the same reason. I just thought it was lovely. I, I, I just like spending time with these people. And we say it so infrequently, how we don't like this person and this person's annoying and all that. And I think we'll be saying that in about a minute. 
I do like oh, spending uh, time with these people, and I would yeah. spend as much time with them as the BBC would. I don't me. feel it needs, when it goes a bit sort of sweary, or a bit like, for example, in that first episode, I suppose it needed it for the later gags where he has a go at the guy from Detectorist who's on the I bike. Did, I did like that. I love Peter Kay in this. I think it's, he's the most comedic and also least comedic. Well, one thing I will say is, do you want to see those two get together because they sort of almost kissed at the end of episode two. It was interesting having another supermarket employee in the car with them because it's yeah. like everyone's talking about you two. They think you're in a relationship. Yeah, so. Does it need Guy Garvey? As, as Every Kay- show needs Guy Garvey, I would like to say. As Everybody... Kaylee's bike-loving... Elbowing himself in. I think it's a way of showing that John is interested in anything to do with Kaylee's life so he's happy to get out the car and chat to someone and do that bloke thing about talking about bikes so it it works for me on that now, I, I, do, you, do you not agree is it not one of the easiest warmest no, I agree. shows I agree. on TV whereas Bucket which is a new BBC4 very much a BBC4 comedy very again much. Mostly a road trip stars Miriam Margulies as Mim and Frogstone as Fran, her daughter. The bucket of the title is uh, Mim's bucket list. Mim certainly tells Fran that she's dying, whether she is or not. I I think the revelation at the end will probably be that she's not dying. So we need to do this bucket list now and I want to spend some time with you. Uh, They end up at Norfolk's Miniature Village, uh, which is apparently Norfolk's answer to Disneyland. And uh, one of my favourite lines is, what was the question? It's basically them arguing. Miriam Margulies is basically playing an extension of herself. If you've ever seen her on the Graham Norton show, she's very inappropriate. I didn't mind this. There were moments where I went, oh, yeah, I quite like this. I liked the character, the Fran's character. I felt that Miriam Margulies was a bit overplaying it. And I think I prefer Miriam Margulies when she's just herself, when you just see her on chat shows and things like that. Um, because she felt too scripted in this. She yeah. felt it like... It felt too... This is the next line. That's yeah. the, For some reason, I couldn't get past the fact that these two were just remembering lines of dialogue. The character of Fran, when she was on her own, felt more natural. I felt Miriam Margulies was, uh, felt like she was just reciting lines or reciting the plot. I, I think I expect more from a BBC, BBC Four sitcom because we got, you know, getting on, we got the thick of it. Even stuff that hasn't worked all the time, like Puppy Love, was was watchable. There wasn't enough in there. There were moments in this where I thought, oh, okay, but for the most part, I just felt You're I've a seen bit better. Bored like me, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen better. And there's enough car comedies on at the moment. It's coming along yeah. at the wrong time, really. So earlier on, when we went through the BAFTA nominations, Gary said that he could come up better nominations for the internationals than BAFTA have. They came up with the night of... Stranger Things, the night of, and... What was the other one? OJ. OJ. So I said, uh, if you want to, you can keep those two, Stranger Things and OJ, and you have going to present BAFTA with... Westworld. I know I haven't watched it, but when I look back <laughs> at the reviews, certainly, certainly other people did, uh, and... I, I would go with no, no, no. But it, you other know, people go, did watch it. You're right. Other people, a lot of people right. watched it. Liked it. <laughs> I would say the Good Wife series seven probably could fit in there. Uh, Not really? That came wasn't out in that, 2016. Wasn't as good. Also, I probably would put in their Game of Thrones. Pick of the week next Thursday, which is the 19th, no 20th 
Born to Kill is on. Ah, I thought. Does again Daniel Mays and uh, Romola Gary um, is about a, a teenager who's on the verge of acting out his hidden psychopathic desires. So I know exactly how he feels. Ah, uh, we're, we're all <laughs> on the verge. Which is always good when you've got some acting newcomers. So Jack Rowan and Laura Peake are two acting newcomers playing the uh, the teenagers in it. So. It'll be interesting to see, and Channel 4 dramas usually have something to offer. I will go for Doctor Who, which is coming back this Saturday. <laughs> it is the final series of Stephen Capaldi and Stephen Moffat. <laughs> um, Stephen Capaldi uh, keeps calling everybody Stephen. That was a joke. I know he's not called that. And of course, the new, uh, whose name I do not know, the new assistant. What's her name? Pearl Mackey. And there's rumours that she won't be sticking around, so it could be an all-new cast next year. And controversially for some, she is the first gay companion that they've had. Yeah, I'm ho- I mean, they're kind of not really trying to make too much of that, because this is still a kids' programme at heart, so they're trying Ooh, not to careful, make too Gary, much of it. Careful, Gary, careful. No, no, but... Ooh, don't anger the careful. nerds. Well, no, well, I'm one of them, so it's fine. I'm looking forward to May Gray. I really like Rowan Atkinson in that role, and I'm really looking forward to that. A two-hour uh, special on Easter Sunday, which I think will go really well with my Easter Sunday plans. And I will go with Car Share, which is now available to watch in full. The entire series, all four episodes of Peter Kay and Sean Gibson's Masterpiece, on the iPlayer now for you to watch, and every Tuesday from 9 for the next three weeks. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash the custard TV. Give us a like on there. Do people still poke? Actually, actually, uh, shout out time. Shout out time. <laughs> Go on. Uh, we have a like this week, and there might be, apologies if you have liked us, and I've forgotten to do you a shout out, but we have one <laughs> new like this week from Nat Newham. So uh, thank you, Nat. If you'd like to poke <laughs> me, you can. <laughs> Hello, ladies. We're doing a QA soon. We set up an email address. Matt has the details. <laughs> Any questions? They don't have to be TV related. Uh, Favourite sandwiches. Uh, yeah. Favourite food. I know we talk about the food diary. Sports, that won't take very long. Oh, no. the food diary's changing. Next Ooh. week, I'll be able to exclusively reveal the new food diary. Or if you'd like to uh, discuss any of the shows we took, like Tina did, to talk about Broadchurch, Line of Duty, yep. Kosher, or any of the shows that we're going to talk about, like Doctor Who, Born to Kill. If, like Tina, you think Matt and Luke are completely wrong about things, then email it. Oh, let it drop. CustardsTVReviews at gmail.com if you'd like to inspire more arguments between the three of us. iTunes, uh, re- re- rate and review on there if you would. Wherever you find, as they say on the end of a proper podcast, rate and review this show wherever you find it. If you want to, you can get in touch with us anywhere there. Right, that is it. We will be back next week, yes? No? I don't know. Possibly. Yes. yes. We'll be eating our Easter eggs next week. So. I haven't even got yep. one. Diabetic ones. I'll get you one. No, the Easter eggs aren't diabetic, are they? No, you can get you, you can get an Easter egg with di- made with diabetic chocolate. You have to go to like Thornton's or something. Yeah, and and pay double the price. Probably, yeah. So I just don't bother. Happy I'm Easter. Be, yeah, happy Easter. Have, have a good Good Friday. And a swell Saturday. <laughs> and a Super Sunday. And a Manic Monday. Oh, classic comedy. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back soon. It's the Custard TV podcast. Bye. Bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.